Welcome to episode 103 of Bono's Health. And I had the pleasure of being joined by not your typical doctors, Dr. Sarah and doc in training, Elise. And they are specialists in human performance, which is a term apparently the military uses. Uh, I've heard before, and I love this concept uh, around how we as humans, how our bodies work. Uh, so there's a lot of really cool pathways to, to that this discussion took. So I really hope you guys get a lot out of it. It really coincides with a lot of the work and explorations that I would say I do. Um, and I've covered in now 103 episodes at least uh, of this podcast and my other show, The Demand Better Podcast. Uh, go check that out if you haven't already. Uh, let's jump into this episode. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. If you got some value out of this, uh, send it over to someone you think would benefit from it. So without further ado, not your typical doctors. There it is. We are live episode. I think this is 103. I, I got to do a better job of keeping track. So uh, excited to have not your typical doctors uh, with Doc Sarah, doctor of physical therapy and soon to be or doctor in training, doc in training, yep. Elise. Uh, and you're getting your doctorate in social work? Sports and performance psychology. Oh, but you are a social worker now? I am. A, I'm a licensed okay. clinical social worker. Yes. yes. Okay. Licensed clinical social worker and getting your doctorate. No big deal. More and more degrees. Um, <laughs> Love those letters. Mic drop. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I calculate at some point, I think I've spent over half a million dollars on certifications and letters behind my name. So whatever that's worth. Right. Um, so, uh, where, and Elise, I know you mentioned you're in Colorado. I was listening to a couple of your episodes. Where in Colorado are you? Yeah, I'm right outside of, uh, Denver, but we're, um, we're going to get ourselves situated in the Springs. So Colorado mm -hmm. Springs is going to be our nice. home stomping grounds. Yeah. We spent about five years there. Um, gosh, about five or six years ago, nice. courtesy of the military and just loved it. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. So I'm a little, I'm a, I'm a up in superior right now, so we're not too far uh. away. Mm -mm. Uh, yeah. And then Sarah is up in upstate New York. Oh yeah. My yeah. old stomping grounds. I actually got my bachelor's degree, bachelor, baccalaureate, uh, in Newburgh, New York. So I don't know how far you are from there. I think you're, you're way up there. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like 30 minutes from Canada up there. Like I'm way. Yeah. yeah but like, it's like the part that people are like, Oh, like Buffalo. You're like, no, no, no. The, go the up even further. <laughs> It's going. It's going. Everybody Ottawa, forget. Kingston. Like I can wave to Kingston when I go to work. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. So. Yeah. Are you like Sarah, Sarah Palin? You can you can see Russia from your thing. No, is that no? Is that, <laughs> wrong, Sarah. But, wrong, wrong state. Yeah. 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 That's all right. That's all right. So uh, you guys are not your typical doctors, and uh, the that's what she said. Tie in. Uh, Y'all just really love that saying is that is that just the genesis of that whole thing or just it fits into the the, the type of comedy that you're you're pushing i i think we're like we're very <laughs> get to know us real quick we'll find you know we're pretty opinionated women in a field um that is you know we are welcoming women in left and right and saying come on in and um i think a lot of our stuff is not typical and so yeah we, hence, we kind of that name <laughs> Hence that name. And then, you know, that's what she said. That's, that's our spin. It really we say is. it, you hear it first from us, then that's what from she us. said. 
Yeah, and all, all oh. fairness too, like I, at work, I can remember so many times that there'd be a bunch of, bunch of guys like in the room and bullshitting, and a, that's what she said joke would come out, and then they all turn and like yeah. look at you, the one female, and they're like, oh, and my response used to be, "That's what you wish she said." So yeah, nah. like been, so also yeah, yeah, surrounded by it, and yeah, gotcha, it's just gotcha. it's just it's, a good time. It's, yeah, it's, you know, like when it's women focused, it's complex. There's layers to the reason. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I was asking. And and uh, then the the next question is, how do you two? How did y'all connect? So we uh, worked together at a at a special warfare unit for uh, quite a few years. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, that was a less exciting story than I was hoping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, we were on the same human performance team, and and kind of realized um, we were very yeah. fortunate to have a very eclectic team and a very open team, and. Um, like we all just worked really well together and, and grew a relationship from that. So yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd say like we really um, grew a human performance team in a place that didn't have one, mm-hmm. um, and so there was a lot of you know growing and placing roots and you know fighting against change or like the lack of desire for change. Um, so. Yeah, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears went into that performance te- human performance team, and um, yeah, from that we love how each other practices and and continue to speak, shout from the rooftop about interdisciplinary work. So yes, that's like our our claim to fame per se because that's what we've had the most success in by far. Um, it's like you can only be so good by yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cliche. There's no I in team. Like that's legit. But there, but there is a me. There is a me. There is a me. Yeah, you can take that up with Elise after this recording. Ah, <laughs> uh, nice. And I like Elise. Your your headphones match your water bottle. That's good. Um, uh, so just to to bring it back for one second. So uh, Doc Sarah is with the Air Force Special Warfare, uh, and there is special warfare in each of the branches of the military. Is that correct? Yes. Yep. And for anyone else listening and just jumping in here, uh, maybe be through their channel, uh, I am a civilian. I have no military connections other than many, many friends and, and uh, many clients and things like that. But um, And then, Elise, are you also Air Force? No, not any longer. Um, I am really uh, – so I'm private practice. Um, and then I also work – I've actually uh, branched over to first responders. So I work with a really fantastic organization – um, that contracts with uh, first responder agencies and provides um, at least the mental health component of human performance, uh, you know, focusing on mental resiliency and then also um, just mental health in general. So that's that's my shtick right now. Awesome. And so I actually have a few folks down in Colorado Springs who are military connected that you either might know already. Uh, John McCaskill, Men Talking Mindfulness. Have you heard of him? Mm-mm, no. Uh, I'd love to connect you with him. Um, and uh, yeah, there's definitely some some huge overlaps with the. Yeah, that sounds great. Stuff. And actually, when I did the dry needling course, the instructor is based in Colorado Springs, and I believe he's at the Air Force Base there. Um, but I should double check that. I cannot confirm nor deny, but he was uh, the one who taught the dry needling course. So Nathan Silver. Uh, but I'll connect you guys. Uh, I've been trying to get him on my podcast. So Nate, if you're out there listening, uh, I'm gonna. Circle back to you, sir. Um, but yeah, appreciate the connections. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm new, which is recently back, right? And like in a different form than when I left. So, any connections? I think that again, networking, interdisciplinary. Your, your network is your net worth. Oh, beautiful. Yes. There you go. 
and so for us civilians, human performance is not a common term. Other, than, we kind of I think most people would understand what it means. But is that just the the vernacular used in the military? And can you all tell us a little more about that term? Um. Yeah. So. It, it is the vernacular used, I would say, in um, military, D1 sports, and professional sports, and it's tipping into first responders as of, like, past couple years, I would say. So it is a, it is a growing term, but essentially um, the basis of it is having a, a wellness team, per se, made up of multiple disciplines that kind of give you a well-rounded approach to both, like, just general health management and healthcare. Um, but in addition, a huge focus of human performance that you don't get, I feel like in the civilian sector, uh, is the prophylactic care. So like a huge focus is doing performance enhancement stuff, or maybe maintenance therapy or recovery work stuff normally that you would not do because you technically wouldn't bill for it maybe, or maybe if you were cash based, um, services, but you don't really get it a lot out in the civilian sector. We're here. That's a huge part. I mean, it's the majority of our programming. Um, but we do do the traditional like healthcare and case management and, and rehab, but it's just, it's weighed kind of equally as well with this prophylactic care. Yeah. Yeah. I would, um, just to add, I think, you know, if you dig into different areas of first responders, um, elite athletes, you know, collegiate and professional levels, you're going to find versions, um, where, you know, people were, uh, and at that level, right. It's like, your whole job or your whole life is your job, which is performance. And right. so these are all aspects that you have to focus on to keep you able to do your job. I think the um, concept of human performance is what I love about it is it's bringing it to a more normalized, like this should be a part of your world for mm-hmm. everybody. Everybody mm-hmm. benefits from learning mindfulness. And like, mm-hmm. you know, Sarah was saying prophylactic care where you're getting ahead of it rather mm-hmm. than seeking, you know, care or fixes after the fact. Um, so I, I do think the term is growing just to kind of capture the team that's probably existed to some level, but is now becoming like everybody should have this if you have people who are focused on performance. Yeah. And uh, since I've only been out here in Colorado for a little over a year and uh, it's a huge part of my practice um, and I've worked with professional athletes and military, like I was saying, and just folks who have to move, uh, whether it's for love of the game or, or love mm-hmm. of, of what they do or because it, it is their livelihood and their job and people's lives depend on how functional you are for, for allowed to use that term. I don't know. How do y'all feel about functional fitness? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's, I mean, honestly, it's kind of the, the basis for human performance. Our whole goal is, is to optimize functionality mm-hmm. um, to like almost an elite level is really what I would say the focus is. So no, I think that's, that's totally appropriate. We're huge functional advocates. I would say we tend to program and look at things much more functionally and tend to stray away from typical like training to to do this or textbook type stuff so yeah well and like you know sarah said optimal function right Mm -hmm. and and that's a unique statement for every single person who's seeking their optimal level of function um but that's also like what's practical that's what's going to stick um you know there's people out there who can make everybody excel and excellent but i think at the baseline like function is what you're going to be able to take away and continue to do day in and day out with the job. So. Yeah, no, I just, uh, I was kind of joking about like 
CrossFit and, and those terms get a little uh, <laughs> bastardized uh, when F45 is, you know, stealing, using functional fitness kind of thing. So I didn't know if that was that was a, a, an area of kind of, you know, being a little little controversy. But uh, yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense what y'all are saying. And so, yeah. And again, it's a big part of my practice. Uh, and it's something, again, selling to the triathlete or the golfer uh, to be like, hey, why don't we get you so you're better 10 years from now and 30 years from now? Um, and they're not always willing to, or can see the connection to, uh, again, like the mindfulness piece or connection being a part of that, uh, sleeping better using like the whoop band and things like that to yeah. optimize the body. Don't you think, you know, again, coming in the civilian sector, cause I feel like I see this too, just doing a lot of more private practice right now, but functional fitness also sells. Um, and I think that, you know, like you were mentioning the F45 or like, um, what was, uh, the TB12 or CrossFit, but these kinds of programs, they, they sell, but what's cool about them is that they're, they sell good stuff, mm -hmm. you know? And so, I mean, yes, you'll have the people who take it to the extreme, but it also opens up the opportunity for conversation and psychoeducation. So I feel like Sarah and I are welcome, you know, will, and you might do this too, but somebody comes in and says what they're doing and they love it and they believe in it. It opens up the conversation with that right approachable mindset to, mm -hmm. you know, make it work for them. And that's kind of like the end goal is to make something work for like to have them find something that works for them. Yep. Yeah. Safely. Yep. Yeah. Safe, <laughs> safely yeah. is a very important word there. Yeah, for sure. Safely. Um, yeah. And again, that's, that's where some of the, that's where the, I think the controversy that I was kind of alluding to comes from is uh, some people get too caught up in that side of it and chasing again, a one rep max deadlift when they don't have the, the foundations built in there or uh, whatever the, the, you know, thousand burpees for, for whatever, and, and not really uh, having an intention or uh, you know, the science backing around that and, and mm -hmm. somebody being able to step in and be like, why are you doing that? And, and what's the point of that? Uh, so yeah, I've, I've definitely seen, Plenty of injuries from uh, from all that, and and uh, you know keeps uh, the physical therapy side of us all in business, I guess. But again, my my I'm I'm with Sarah for sure of like let's let's you know get uh, upstream on the, all this stuff. Um, and again, it's great that so you you do feel within the military everyone's kind of bought in on those concepts. I assume much much easier than civilian life. Um, ish. <laughs> so, so, um, yeah. So like human performance has been around in the military in like, um, so special forces is broken up into a couple different levels. Um, in terms of like the top level, which is who most people think of when you say special forces, like fucking Delta force or, you know, like your top, top people. Um, it has been around for them. Even then it, it's still pretty new. Uh, it's only been about 10 years, about mm -hmm. a decade. Um, and it's, it is starting to trickle down into the other aspects of mm -hmm. social warfare and special operators. Um, so with that, you know, there, there's always resistance because again, it's change and it's, it's allocating funds that were allocated somewhere else to kind of come to something new. And, um, so there is always resistance, <laughs> you know, yeah. whether they're young or, or old, um, in terms of the programming, I, I do think that's something, but we have been building the program, you know, up over the past four to five years and eventually the return on investment speaks for itself, but it does take time. I mean, it takes a few years before you can get to that point to show statistical rates a lot because the military responds very well to qualitative data. Mm. Um, so in yeah. the meantime, you just got to build where you can and, and, you know, try to build the relationships and rapport where you can, but Unfortunately, you know, there's resistance everywhere. Yeah. I feel like 
you know, it, sure. it's no different in the sense that they have to buy into it. Right. So it's yeah. probably very similar, you know, to what you do where you kind of give them a nugget of information. And then if they decide to practice that nugget over the, between the next time you see them and it creates a positive effect, they buy in a little bit more. We experience the exact same thing. The one thing that in the military, and I would even say like some first responder agencies that you'll have on your, on your side is um, that it's like a part of their job. It's a bit more command, you know, directed. Um, and so that, that I think uh, sometimes gives us like, okay, they have to do it. But for us, we really focus on that buy-in. Um, so just because we say, oh, they have to do it because it's required, you don't really have their their like support for the program until they're bought in, which is no different than working with in the civilian sector. Gotcha. Gotcha. And uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, and now let's jump over to your podcast. So is it mostly for military folks or also kind of the that the human performance side of it is that, uh, you know, I, I noticed the, the tagline is the first female uh, human performance podcast. So is it more mm -hmm. on the human performance side or military kind of both? Yeah, I de I'm definitely getting a lot of uh, as listening to a bunch of the episodes was very military vibes, uh, mm -hmm. you know, so I was I was trying to keep up with, again, some of the, the terms being used. But, uh, you know, I think I think I, I figured it out. But <laughs> yeah, what's what was the main intention other than you guys getting on a call and, and having a good time, which it's clear you're having a good time every every episode on there? We, we do. Yeah, I would say it's, it's definitely human performance themed, but um, the vast majority of our experience is in military. So that's why a lot of it does seem military, because that's where we're able to speak to. Um, but because what like true human performance and tactical programming means, it is very applicable to like first responders or pro athletes are probably the closest in terms mm -hmm. of programming. So it is applicable into anything that would be considered a tactical profession or a tactical athlete. Um, but yeah, it's just, I would say it's human performance themed. Um, cause that was our goal. There's a lot of human performance podcasts out there, but they, in our opinion, you know, kind of surveying the market, A, there was no females. Um, so we really wanted to highlight that even though this is a very heavily male dominated field, no offense to you, sir, but um, <laughs> we wanted to, you know, just show that females can work in this field as well. And we're very educated and, you know, we, we pull our weight and contribute. Um, and then on top of it, there, there really wasn't a podcast that highlighted team integration yeah. to the extent that we were functioning at. Um, in addition, nobody talked about the mental health part. I mean, they might tap into like mm -hmm. feelings or this and that, but nobody was getting to the level that, you know, I personally feel is required and I'm, I'm sure Lisa. Nobody was getting to the level that it's actually needed at. So that was kind of our goal was human performance with some smart chicks that have done some pretty good things. And then really trying to focus that like, you're really missing the mark if you're not team integrating and you're not looking at the cognitive part. So. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, yeah. I actually did have a former Marine, uh, Dr. Teresa Larson, who was a, became a physical therapist as well. And, uh, worked with Kelly Starrett's team uh, with the mobility and movement uh, seminars, but she was a former Marine and she actually wrote a book. I did a little book review on it uh, recently, but she was on about 10 episodes ago, 93, uh, talking about how dealing with bulimia, being a, mm. a pretty, pretty high ranking officer over in Iraq and, and uh, 
yeah, how that kind of went and her struggles with that. But yeah, that was, uh, if you all, if y'all haven't connected with her, I'd love to, again, she's part of that whole John McCaskill, uh, men talking mindfulness, even though she's not a man. Um, but <laughs> she, she's connected to that whole group. We actually do the whole, uh, team whoop thing. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but you can kind of see everyone else's recovery and strain and yeah, keeps you accountable there. Uh, is that something that's used in the, in, in that you guys have seen in terms of human performance, bio trackers in general, uh, different mm -hmm. brands is, is yeah. uh, I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, we do. Um, yeah, there, there's certain contracts that are signed with um, companies and, and the guys are wearing biometric wearables. Um, I can speak to where I'm at right now. Uh, we use uh, Garmin's, Tactable Charlie's or Phoenix's. Um, they are like issued to the members. Um, we also do Aura Rings um, because the sleep tracking is a little limited on the Garmin's, but we have ran sleep studies off of the Garmin data as well. Um, but yeah, no, we bio track everything. We've done a couple research related initiatives through bio tracking and we continue to do that because it helps justify the program as well as kind of pay for these wearables uh, for the guys. Yeah, very cool. Do you all wear them yourselves? Just curious. Yeah. Oh, there it is. There's yep. a piece there. Yeah. Uh, have you have you changed any behaviors? Uh, it's always something I'm interested in. Uh, from a human performance standpoint in, in terms of uh, bio trackers actually changing some behaviors. Have you noticed any uh, trends or things that you've changed? Me personally? Yeah. Oh yeah. So for me, um, I, it definitely helps me be accountable. Like when I'm being really shitty with my sleep, um, you know, I'll kind of pull it up and be like, Oh my God, you know, I barely slept like five hours, like what's happening. So I can be more intentive with like my night routine and actually trying to get um, restful or, or sleep. Uh, and then for me personally, uh, I use it the most for like heart rate variability tracking with my workouts. So, um, you know, if there's times when I'm pushing out of a working zone, either going too much, you know, it's just kind of some biofeedback that to kind of chill out for a minute, stimulate something else for a second and then kind of go back. So, yeah, yeah, I've done, um, sleep as well. I have a sleep tracker that I and again, I use it with a lot of clients, so I try and make sure I understand it myself and have used that to try and figure out what's interrupting sleep or what the quality of sleep is to try and take a look at what are, what might be contributing. Um, and then heart rate variability I've done, uh, again, for but from like a stress management. Um, so again, if I'm feeling... Um, you know, like some anxiety or if I'm having a uh, just feeling out of sorts, then I might use it purposefully. I can't say that I'm really good about wearing them long term just because of the thing on the wrist gets annoying every once in a while. Yeah. Um, but I do I do absolutely see their value and uh, find that they're really good tools for people to like go in and get like a a visual representation of something they can't see internally. And that is always like such a good, you know, thing to bring back and be like, okay, now we have something you feel like you can work with because you can see it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I love using them with a lot of my clients and uh, just always excited to hear different people's experiences with it. So uh, along those lines, yeah. So I talk about the five pillars of health. I'm sure you guys have some versions of that. I've heard you all touch on different aspects of it, but the three kind of physical being just movement. Uh, how are you moving? Uh, can you move better, move more? Uh, then we have the recovery piece, the nutrition piece, uh, just what we're putting into our body. And I'm drinking some of that LMNT that hooked Sarah up with there. 
um, and her, her crew uh, always get those electrolytes, especially here in Colorado. I'm sure you've learned that, Elise. Um, and the elevation will kick you in the face. Um, and then the two mindset pieces, and that's what I want to get to you all about, about mental health. Uh, talk about mindset in general uh, and then connection, which is a, a major thing that I think uh, people tend to overlook when it comes to general kind of health and wellness. Uh, so yeah, I'd love to hear how mental health, especially in the military, um, gets discussed and, and where, you know, the big, big picture that y'all bring to the table on that. Yeah. Um, I think it is, you know, kind of what we talked about with human performance growing and, and resistance to change. Mental health is something that has always been there. Um, and it constantly gets brought up, um, constantly needs to be evolved. And so it's, it's a topic that I know that Sarah and I worked really hard in our um, team and advocacy, you know, within the program to normalize the conversation for, at least for me, that's where we've taken more of like a prophylactic, like a performance based, because now it feels like a topic that people are more willing to talk about, um, you know, so relating anxiety and nerves and, um, you know, depression and goal, se goal setting and successes versus failures. Uh, and so that, again, that's how we would open up the conversation just to, to normalize because it's not talked about enough. It's still the elephant in the room. Um, you know, it's, it's still something that people fear and this goes military, definitely first responders. I would absolutely say in, you know, elite athletes as well. And I will even go and expand that to, I have, you know, different um, like high functioning CEOs, people who run companies and things like that. When it comes to an injury of the mind, you immediately fear like the loss of everything, right? The loss of your livelihood, your finances, how do I take care? And it's just, it's such a fast spiral. Um, and we don't normalize that conversation or make space for, you know, like you're allowed to get injured and you're allowed to recover. Um, so is, is the military just, again, from the rafters, like, it's okay to have anxiety. It's okay to have sadness. These are normal human emotions. Mm -hmm. um, if you get stuck in them, let's work on getting you out of them, but don't fear them as if there's something you're not allowed to feel in the first place. Yeah, that's a pretty potent message for sure. I appreciate you uh, putting that so succinctly. Um, yeah, uh, anything else from, from you, Sarah? on that mental health. Yeah. Strategy. I mean, I would say the biggest part is, is normalizing it. And I felt that we, um, did a good job in trying to normalize it in places where people didn't realize that that was an actual mental health thing. So like, um, I mean, there was times when we were just trying to get people used to at least like we would just drag her around. Like she'd hang out in my clinic, she'd hang out in the gym. We'd take her out for rocks. We would do <laughs> all the things. Um, and those were opportunities that like when you were in the gym and someone drops like the weight when they shouldn't have dropped it, right? Like it's 50% of the one RM, it's supposed to be, you know, 10 sets and it's like a mental thing. And you can notice that that was an opportunity for her to be like, hey, like what's going on? Like mental blocks and performance enhancement is still part of mental health. So let me help you. And then it just kind of opens the door. Like once they realize that there's a cognitive, cognitive piece to mental performance, which I mean, providers, we kind of realize it, but a lot of times that's kind of overseen or it's not guys don't realize it's an issue or something you can actually work through. Um, but kind of targeting the performance enhancement way, it just opens up the door, you know, it kind of cracks it open. So then when they do have issues or need life coaching or counseling or anything like that, 
it's already established and and then usually they can feel a little bit more comfortable but mm -hmm. it's just kind of i guess showing different ways that you can apply it uh to show how important that it is but i feel like that's something that we did a lot was just literally pulling mental health out of every situation mm -hmm. like oh you think that's not mental health well here's the <laughs> mental health yeah. part of it or here's the cock part of it just to really normalize it because it is totally normal you know it's it's just ways to improve yourself in different ways. Like you exercise to improve your physical body. You do mental health or like performance enhancement, cognitive stuff to improve your mind. It's just working a different muscle a different way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, like I said, I was one of my five uh, or, or two out of the five really uh, pieces on in my, when I work with my clients in terms of getting them optimized is making sure they understand 40%, you know, it's probably more than 40%, but I just break it down into the five pillars and two of the five pillars are mental components uh, that, you know, we should be focusing on and making sure that at least, yeah, there's some work being done there again. And even on my check-ins with, with clients daily, when I work with a lot of folks online, it's, uh, Hey, like what's your stress level like zero to five? What's how yeah. your interactions been with other humans in the last 24 hours? Let's reflect on that. Let's make sure there's that's, that's staying at the forefront. Um, and yeah, that's where those conversations, uh, can help us minimize how many people kind of slip through the cracks, I guess, in, in that sense. So, uh, I love hearing that that's, that's getting implemented on a pretty, uh, significant level there. And, uh, you guys are just emphasizing that and that's awesome. So, um, yeah, any other, uh, closing thoughts? I want to be respectful of your time. I know y'all had a long day over there on the, Sarah did at least on the East coast. I don't know. Elise's full day being a student. <laughs> yeah. I just run all the time though. Don't, don't worry. It's just. I'm trying to keep up with the train. That's me. <laughs> I, I'm, I missed that in New York. I was, you know, I was, I was in New York city. So yeah, that was, uh, I would, I would take at least 10,000 steps in my first half of my day at least, but yeah. 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 Super fast pace. It's the same all the way up like New York's New York, but, um, yeah, you get it fast, fast pace, a lot going on all the time, but mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I would, I, I don't know, for wrap up, I would say, you know, if you're not familiar with human performance, like look into it, see if it's something you're interested in. Cause again, it's just a way to make yourself better, um, through kind of your mind and your body, which is going to make you the the ultimate version of yourself essentially. Is, is there uh, along those lines, is there like a certification to look out for? Again, you're, you're a doctor of physical therapy like myself and, uh, right. Uh, there's no like human performance. I, I saw HPO. Is that just always oh, the officer or what is, what is the uh, optimization? That's just the name of the program. Oh, human. And that's, but that's the program you guys run. Not necessarily again, something they can go and somebody in random Florida. No, or, you know, no. I think the closest thing you're probably going to get is um, a CMPC mm -hmm. is like the, uh, so cognitive mental performance consultant. Mm -hmm. That is, um, so that's what I'm currently working towards. Uh, it is part of the next edition of letters. Um, but that is like, that is something that would be open to anybody in this kind of performance field. And it does kind of uh, cover all aspects. So you're going to have to know how to be interdisciplinary with a bunch of different um, uh, fields. I would say anybody else, interdisciplinary work, we all do it like to some degree. And, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, I think one of the things that we're advocating is that everybody should be doing it more because when we start having those conversations with, you know, our, our counterparts in another field, you find so many more parallels you know, and it, it just, it really makes, um, it makes the experience for the client and for you just like so much more fulfilling. Um, so I, I think that that's like, 
No, to, to really short answer your question, there is no like actual certification. There's a couple of different ways. It comes back to education, which we all talked about. We love, and we just keep going after. We um, do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, education, um, experience, experience, you know, being open and asking those questions and, and uh, is, is really where you're going to get yourself into that. So yeah. what I, what I heard is everyone should find a life coach. That's what I heard. Yeah, <laughs> so, sort of. I mean, my background was sports. <laughs> yeah, my background was sports and orthopedics before I got here. And I know Elise, when you were reflecting, you you said the most applicable was your jail job to like this. Uh, uh, what for human human performance? Yeah, like. Um, I mean, job. yeah. So I've so jail was like my introduction to interdisciplinary interdisciplinary uh when i worked with the army i worked in a recovery unit where they sent soldiers who had been injured physically or mentally and we were an established interdisciplinary team so it was all fields to get this person back up and running mm. that was a human performance team but it was built from solely from a recovery standpoint you didn't get access to it unless you had been injured mm. um so that was a huge like, this is amazing. But for me, it was like, but why aren't we doing this before we're at this point? Yeah. And then, you know, so, yeah. Did you did you say jail or gel? What was, what was jail. it? Jail. <laughs> yeah, she worked in jail before she came. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just yeah. wanted to clarify that. Yeah. Um, jail. All right. <laughs> well, uh, it seems like Instagram is the best place to find you guys. Not your typical doctors. Yes. Anywhere else? Anything other? Any other wrap-up thoughts y'all wanted to uh, leave the folks with? Yeah, we're on um, Instagram. Uh, we're very active on LinkedIn as well. Actually, those yep. are two, two of our probably biggest platforms um, in terms. So we drop episodes every week. Every Monday we have something new. Yep. Um, sometimes we drop little short episodes or little minis on Thursdays. Um, yeah, come find us. Send us an you know send us a request. Send us a question. You know, uh, widen our field you know perspective just as much um, push, push what you want to hear from us. And absolutely. Yeah. You know, we, so. we love feedback. Tell us if we're doing good. Tell us if we're sucking. Like we're <laughs> here for She's it. So, yeah. <laughs> we're I'm, here I'm for with it. you. Yeah. And I'm all, I'm all about the 1% better every day. What, no matter how that comes along. And, uh, that's always awesome. my, my, uh, shtick. So yeah. Thank you guys so much for being on here. Thank you for taking your time. And, uh, if folks reach out to Elise or doc Sarah, uh, we can connect, uh, your Colorado Springs peoples. Um, Love it. At least. And then, um, yeah, we're going to get all the LMNT shipped out to Doc Sarah there in New York as well. And um, other than that, everyone have an awesome day. Hope you got 1% better. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave a rating, review, blah, 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 blah. Um, and we'll sign off on all of that. And 